there's silence. Good morning. Man, you guys are quiet today. Still quiet. Yeah, come on. Somebody make a little noise. That's okay. That's okay. You guys get you a good nap. I want you to be rested. We've been talking about being relaxed, so get relaxed. Hey, it's good to have you. It really is, and this is fun. This VBS thing that's coming up is amazing. If you've got kids that fall in that age group, you, you're going to want to invite them. You want them to come. It's just a lot of fun. I tell you, the volunteers, it's amazing for the volunteers as well, what they get to do and uh, the way it changes lives. i gotta, I got to bring up something we talked about last week. If you were here last week, uh, we were talking about, and, and I just stopped at the end of the service and asked you guys to remember these kids that were trapped in this cave, uh, that they were starting to bring them out, and we talked about it. And I asked you to pray. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I believe in the power of prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely, I believe in the power of prayer. I wonder what the odds were that all those kids would make it out alive. Because every one of them came out alive. Now, it's, it's horrible that they lost one of the rescuers in the pre-operation, but uh, every one of those kids, I think, I think that's the power of prayer. I think it just tips things in our favor when we pray. And, and when we pray as a body, it's amazing, I think, what happens. So uh, prayer of thanksgiving now that they were out, that they continue to recover. And I just say this to you guys. Thank you that you, you continue to pray for them because I think we saw, we saw an amazing act there that those kids came out safely. Uh, Go have a little fun today. I am. I, I don't know. It was interesting after the, the first round of this message, people that came up and talked to me about it, and, and uh, several of them said, I, you knew I was coming today, and I don't ever know who's coming other than me. And usually I have a pretty good idea if my wife's going to attend or not. Sometimes she, she tricked no. So I don't know who's coming, but uh, I, this message, it's all messages, Somebody accused me years ago that I, I did a message to beat them up, and I have never, ever done that, nor will I. I will teach the truth the best I can, and if that happens to hurt, then I'm sorry. But if it's the gospel, it is what it is. But our intentions are never to hurt. Our intentions are to show people a better way. So if this, if this hurts a little bit today, that's, the intention is maybe that's good, but it's only because we want you to, to have a better life. So uh, if you were with us last week, we were talking about actions, and our actions speak volumes about us. What you and I do is, is what people see. People that don't read the Bible, will, that don't read this thing, will read me and you. They see our actions, and they start building a case as to who we are. Now, by default, if they know me as a pastor and they don't read this, then my actions kind of are representative in their mind of this book that we call the Bible. And so that, can be, that can be good or it can be bad. It depends on our actions. If you've been around me a lot, you've heard me talk about this. One of my struggles is... is um, Especially in stores, man. If I get in a store and there's crowds and there's lines, I get impatient. So that's an action that, that doesn't speak so highly of me. I'd like to say it's okay, and in my mind it is okay that I get impatient. But when you really kind of slice it and dice it, it it's not appropriate. And people are looking and saying, you know, that's, that's, that's Mark, and he's the pastor, and look how he's behaving. So they're reading my actions. And, and that's maybe all that some people read. And then they're going to say, okay, so, so why am I interested in this Jesus guy, when he behaves like that, because I behave better than he does. So we have to be real careful with our actions. Now, the neat thing about last week is, I believe this, that the message applied to everybody in this room, whether you're a follower of Christ or not a follower of Christ, whether, whether you're a, a, a lifelong, you grew up in the church and you've got all the tenets and you, you just know everything there is to know about the Bible, or if you're the person here that's unconvinced and it's just seeking, you're just trying to, everybody in this room has actions that we have to, that we have to own. You can't pawn off your actions on someone else. We have to own our actions. And that's okay. Some actions are good. Some actions are bad. But we all have actions. So this week, I kind of want to stay on, the, on a similar theme because I want it to fit everybody. And, and without a shadow of a doubt, what I want to talk to you about today, everybody in this room deals with on some level, some form. And I don't think there's any exceptions. 
So if you're here and you're starting to get nervous, just hang out with me a little bit. We're going to have some fun. Uh, but, but what we're going to talk about today is I hope always will help you. Maybe if you struggle with some of this, maybe it'll help you. If you don't struggle with it, maybe you know someone that does and you can help them. I don't know. But, but this, is, this is relevant to me today, and I, I, I want to talk to you about it. Uh, because this I know, it, it, this, what we're going to talk about today can affect you positively or it can affect you negatively. Positively or negatively. So if, if I start on this, don't get nervous. I'm not here to beat anybody up because there's a positive side and there's a negative side. But what I really want to talk to you, to you today about, and again, this fits everybody in this room. It's something that every one of us will deal with in our lifetime. You will probably deal with them today. You probably already have. And it's simply this. We all have certain temptations and certain desires in our lives. We have temptations and we have desires in our life. Every last one of us. Now, Here's why I say that. Some temptations, some desires are good. They're not harmful at all. Some, some can be very harmful, but a lot of temptations and desires in our lives can be kind of neutral if you want to get right down to, of, to it, but they're not all bad. Some can be good. Some can be bad. So I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about more, both, but I really want to focus more on the ones that, that are somewhat harmful and that we should avoid. So what I've kind of learned, is, is, and I've just stated that, is not all temptations are harm, harmful. Some are actually quite harmless. Some are to be desired, I think, but, but a good example of, of some that are not harmful, and if you've been around here, you know I love Almond Joys. How many of you guys like Almond Joys? Don't worry, I'm not going to share with you. That's one of my actions that speaks volumes to me, as I'm, I'm, I'm very self, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, actually, I said in the first service I wasn't going to share, I had a whole bag of these things, I'm down to two. So I gave them all out, so that, that, thank you, and there's a reason, we'll get, in a minute, I'll give you one maybe. Yeah, there's a first, there you go, I love it. <laughs> but... All in all, I'm tempted and I have a desire to eat Almond Joys. I mean, and look at this. There's a good reason for that. And I wasn't tempted. I wasn't going to do this, but I was tempted. I mean, look at that. I mean, it's chocolate. How many of you like coconut? I love some coconut. It's got coconut. It's got an almond. And, and I'm tempted to eat it. So much so, I'm going to try it. Now, it's rude to talk with your mouth full, so I took a very small bite. Here, you want this one? No, no. Okay. Now, the temptation is going to be it's going to lay in front of me the whole time. In and of itself, in and of itself, that's harmless. Now, somebody's out there going, well, not really. Actually, it was funny. My, my doctor, Dennis, was here, and I gave him one, and he said, now, you know, this just floored me. He said, you know, you or I, neither one should be eating those because we both have high blood pressure. And he said, that's not good for your blood pressure. I'm thinking, sure it is. It's got chocolate. That's soothing. It brings me down. I can rationalize anything. But in and of itself, it's not harmful. Now, I say that, obviously, you can make that harmful. It was funny. I was curious. You know what the first ingredient is? Sugar. Yeah. That's healthy, isn't it? I mean, sugar, we all need a little sugar. But, but in and of itself, this, this candy bar is, is not, in moderation, this candy bar probably will not hurt me. Probably, probably not going to cause me a lot of grief. Probably going to be fine. So we have some temptations and some desires in our life that are pretty much, for the most part, they're harmless negative. They, they just don't have a great impact on us. Those are okay. That's not really the ones I want to talk about. Some of our temptations, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to use a word that I've been taught and been schooled not to use in church, but I'm going to use it anyway because it just fits. But some of our temptations, some of our desires are just downright stupid. Sorry, and I'm talking to me, guys. What I'm talking about today, listen, I'm, I'm tempted by this Probably not going to cause me any harm. I, I have some stupid temptations and desires in my life. One of the things from when I was a little boy that's always been a temptation, always been a desire for me is speed. 
Not the kind you ingest. I'm talking about velocity. People just got real nervous. Our pastor's doing speed. That's why I'm so busy all the time. I'm taking hits of speed. No. I love... I, love, I don't, okay. Uh, but I love speed. I do. I like going fast. Some of you are grinning because you like to go fast, too. I mean, come on. You know you do. And, and really, when you get right down to it, it's probably pretty stupid. It's probably a stupid desire. It's probably uh, a stupid temptation. But I like going fast. From, from the time I was a little kid, I grew up on a motocross bike. You know, you know, little motocross bikes when I was a little kid. Can't believe to this day my mom and dad let me have a motocross bike. My brother had one. My brother actually raced. I had a motocross bike. I knew one speed, high gear, wide open. I, I want to go as fast as I could go. And, and we're not talking about down the flat road. We're talking about across my grandfather's farm roads, the pastures, the hills. At fifth gear, wide open. A little bitty bike, but it would absolutely fly. And I always wanted to go faster. I was always, how can I go faster? How can I go faster? The interesting thing about my temptation and desire to go faster is I have a brother who raced motocross. He was, a, he, was, he was really good at building fast engines. This is what I always thought was kind of, kind of, there's some irony in this. His competitors would come to him to build their bikes to make them go faster so they could beat him in the race. I thought, David, are you just not very smart? <laughs> Sabotage him. But he made my bike, it would, it would fly. It would fly. And so guess what I knew? One speed, wide open. Loved it. I, every time I got on that bike, I was tempted. I had a desire, and I was tempted, and I followed through on it. Wide open. As fast as I could go. Don't tell my parents. Now, my dad heard that. He's in heaven. But please don't tell my mom. She would still ground me. I want to go as fast as I could absolutely go. Now, I was very fortunate. I never had a serious accident. I was very fortunate. So while my actions, the desires and the actions were pretty stupid, I, I was fortunate. I never had an accident. But the potential's there. The potential's there. When you're going that fast, and here's the other, this was this part of the stupidity part, is mom they always said, well, son, you got to wear your helmet, and you need to wear a shirt, you probably want to have on long pants and a pair of shoes. Short pants, here we go, <laughs> fast as we could go. But I was very fortunate. I never had a serious accident. Now, the flip side, and here's where the stupidity of it comes into play. I had a good friend who, on our farm, my grandfather's farm, he wasn't so fortunate. He was going too fast, lost control, and he was severely injured, and to this day has Great limitations. So the action, our actions of sometimes some, some of these desires, they're, they're just stupid. Because there was no reason for us to be riding like that. We weren't in a hurry to get somewhere. It was, just, it was just fascinating to go as fast as we could go. There was no reason for it. And unfortunately, this young man suffered some dire consequences. I was blessed. I was never hurt. The other thing I've learned about desires and temptations, and this is where we really kind of get into the meat of this. Some of our desires and some of our temptations are deadly. Some of them are deadly. They will lead to death. And when I think about that, and I started working on this, it, what just came come to my mind is, is the temptations of things like, and we know some of us have battled with these, but, but drug addiction, alcohol addiction, uh, I think about this, uh, pornography, an addiction to pornography. These, these things can lead to death. And somebody would say, well, how can a, an addiction to porn harmless, how can that lead to death? Well, I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm not necessarily talking about a physical death, but it can lead, any of those can lead to, I think, a physical death, but they can all lead to other types of death. I've seen all three of those be the death of a family. They'll break a family apart. They'll destroy a relationship. They'll destroy careers. I've seen them destroy education. I can I, I just go on and on and on with the list of, of the death that, that some of our addictions, some of our temptations and our desires, but, but some of the things that they have absolutely destroyed. There are consequences. 
to, to our desires and our temptations when we follow through on them. But I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen drug addiction. I've seen alcohol addiction. I've seen addictions to porn break down and cause death. I've seen some of them cause physical deaths. I have. You have too. You, you've been around it. Listen, it's, it's rampant today. It, it's absolutely so. So some of these are they're deadly, and we have to stop and we have to think about that. People say, "Well, but it really doesn't cause physical death." And I would say, yes, they they really do, and we know that with, with especially the drugs and the alcohol addictions that they can cause physical death. But I would point you to this. One of the things I learned as I was working on this message is is these addictions to things like drugs and alcohol often lead addiction often leads to depression. There's a direct correlation between addictions, negative bad addictions, and depression. And you know what? There's a direct correlation with depression? Suicide. So as we fall prey to some of our desires and temptations that are, that are evil and they're bad, then, then we're putting ourselves in that position that they can absolutely cause death. So again, stay with me. Some of our temptations, some of our desires are not bad. Some of them, some of them are stupid. Some of them just don't have much impact. Some of them are just deadly. Some of them are deadly. So I say that, I kind of build that to ask you a, a question because everybody in this room, everybody in this room has desires and temptations. I just believe that. If your pulse is, if you have a pulse, then I believe you have desires and you have temptations. Maybe, maybe all of you, maybe yours are all positive. They're all good. And then that's awesome. That's amazing. But some of us have negative and bad temptations and we have to wrestle with that so I ask you I build that to ask you this you need to stop today and you need to ask yourself a simple question are the things are my desires or my temptations are they good for me or are they bad for me and that's a pretty fair question I think it's a question we should all want the answer to we want to take out the bad and replace it with good so if you're sitting here today and you're wrestling with negative bad desires and temptations then I would encourage you to try to figure out how to get rid of them but you need to ask yourself that question because you you have to you have to come to that agreement either it's good for me or it's bad for me but we all have them if you're sitting here today I absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt I believe that you you are at some point tempted and have these desires good or bad I'm talking about the bad ones now if you've got good listen if you've got good desires that's awesome now, as, as you start weeding through and saying, okay, is this good or is it bad? I want, I want to caution you here. Be real careful. Don't miss the, there's some, some of them are pretty subtle. They're not as obvious as other desires and temptations we have in our life. See, we want to look at the, because we, a lot of us aren't guilty of the, the kind of the mega ones. So we, want to, we don't want to talk about our little desires and our little temptations that lead us astray. For example, how many of you have a, have a tendency, a desire, when things go wrong, you get mad, anger. We struggle with anger. Yeah, we struggle with anger. It can be just as deadly. And it's, it, and it's a desire and a temptation we need to overcome. How, how about revenge? I've met people that, that, was, that they, they have this great desire. If anything goes wrong, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to get revenge. That, that's kind of painful if you think about it. And it's, it's negative. It will, it, listen, it will do great damage to you. It'll do great damage to them. It'll do great damage to our relationship. It's, it's not desirable. How about spite? I know people that, man, they have a great desire. Man, I just, I just want to do something spiteful to them. I don't like them. So let's be spiteful to them. See, these are the subtle ones we don't really think about when we talk about this big category of temptations and desires. We, we want to gloss over those. Here's one that will get a whole bunch of us. How about coveting? Man, I like what he's got or she's got. I have a desire to have that. I want that. I want that. We think that's harmless. The Bible speaks a lot about it, that we shouldn't covet. Here's one. Here's one. How many of you, don't raise your hands. How many of you have a desire to go gossip about somebody? Oh, well, smiles just disappeared. Seriously. 
How, how many were tempted to gossip? Did you hear? Did you hear? And, and listen, if it's, if, and when we're, we're sharing facts and, and things that are pertinent, that's one thing. But when you're just trying to share malicious gossip, cut it out. Cut it out. It's, it's not good for us. Now, temptations and desires, you, you, these are pretty good. These fit pretty well. How about trying to love others a little more? That's a good desire. That's a good temptation to audaciously love. I mean, to go out and say, hey, I, I forgive all. I just want to love. How about forgiveness? That's a pretty good desire. I, I hope you're tempted to forgive because if you don't, man, you're carrying some burdens you shouldn't be carrying. So maybe we should be tempted. Maybe we should have desires to forgive a little more. Grace. Man, I, I have a desire to share grace. And, and you know what? I'm being serious about it. I love sharing grace, and, I, and it's something I've had to work on. And, and, and the model comes from a guy that's really huge in my life. His name was Jesus because he shares a lot of grace. Unending. Unending. I mean, it's a desire. It, he's not even tempted. It's just a desire to share grace. Wouldn't that be amazing if we, if we got a hold of some of those as our desires and our temptations that we just went out and we shared grace and then we shared some more grace and then we shared some more grace? Because I do believe this, when you start taking and replacing the negative temptations and desires with the positives, guess what? You become a better person. The load lightens on your shoulders. You can kind of feel it falling off your shoulders. It's pretty amazing because here's what I've learned about temptation and some of our desires. By nature, I am a competitive person. I love competition. It's like my bike. I don't only wanted to go fast. I wanted to have the fastest bike in our neighborhood. I love competition. And, and I think sometimes our temptations and our desires are, are just that. It's just a competition. And it's a competition between A and B. If I'm tempted to do this and it's bad, then it's going to replace B, which may be good. But I can't do both. And sometimes that's the way this works. So it's, it's competitive for us. Our desires are competing for this. And, and what we know is right is competing for this. And somewhere there's got to be a winner and a loser. Now, that's why I tell you, you've got to wrestle with what's the desires in your heart. Are they good for you or are they bad for you? And if they're bad for you, they've got to lose. They've got to lose to be healthy. But we've, we've, got, we've got to come to that grips. It's, 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 it is, it's a competition for good and bad. And I don't know what drives I said this message would fit everybody, those that don't have a, Listen, you, you may have a different definition of what's good and bad than I do if you're not a follower of Christ, but you have a definition of what's acceptable and unacceptable. So you've got the same model. You, it's still the same thing. You've got to replace the bad with the good, or, or you've got to decide a winner. And if we're yielding to our evil temptations and desires, then that's the winner. But it's really, it's really pretty practical. And here's the other thing. Sometimes we don't know the consequences when we yield to the bad temptations and the bad desires. Let me give you a good example, and this works for me. It won't work for you guys as much. If you've been around Journey Church, you know I'm a numbers nerd. I love numbers. I just do. I, I'm a, I'm, I like facts. And somebody said, I've always heard people, well, numbers can lie. Sure they can. Sure they can. So I understand that. But I like numbers, and a lot of times numbers are real accurate. One of the things I've learned over the course of ministry and just from reading and studying. The lowest, you, typically the lowest attended Sunday of the year is Memorial Weekend. Did you guys know that? You're not coming to church Memorial Weekend. You're not. It, this room will be, it, there, there will be, our attendance will go down 30% typically. Now, there's an exception to that. Depends on when January the 1st falls. That January 1st will often rival it depending on when it falls. If it falls, if the first is Sunday, you can forget it. You keep your head above water and hang on. But Memorial Day typically is going to be the lowest attended Sunday of the year. Here's, here's the temptation for me. Here, here, it's not a desire. probably has been, but here's the temptation. Since it's the lowest attended Sunday of the year, you know what I have? A, I, I start thinking about, I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to cruise today. I, I don't have to prepare. You know why I don't have to prepare? Because you guys won't be here. I, I mean, it, it really is. It's a catch-all. I, I don't have to prepare because you're not coming. 
So guess what? So with that, I'm, I'm going to ask our team, hey, was your building clean when you came in today, by the way? Did anybody notice? It's spotless. I can answer that question. I can answer that question. This building was spotless. And you're the second service, and it was still spotless. Was the parking lot man? Absolutely. Did somebody get the doors for you? Absolutely. But you know what? Memorial Weekend, you're not coming, so we're not going to do any of that. I'm tempted not to do any of that. There's going to be about a half of you here, and you don't matter. So I'm kidding. You do. We'll get to that in a minute. But I'm tempted to take it easy. Listen, I deserve a break, don't I? I mean, I work an hour and a half a week. Come on, I deserve to take my hour and a half off at some point. <laughs> now I got you with me. So, so I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to take it off. My, my, my temptation is I'm just going to cruise. Let me tell you what happens. Here's the unknown effects of that. One of the things we constantly ask you guys to do, and you know this if you come here, we constantly ask you to invite other people, especially people that don't know Christ especially people that don't know Christ. We want you to invite them. We want you to bring them. We want to introduce them to Jesus Christ. We want to share love and grace and mercy with them. That's our, that's our, our purpose. That's what we do. That's what we want to do. So we're constantly asking you to do that. By the way, you need to do that. That's free. So we ask you to do that. But guess what? Your friend, since nobody does anything on Memorial Day, says, you know what? I'm not doing anything. I think I'll go to church. So they come into church. I'm not prepared because I was tempted to take the day off. And by taking the day off, I didn't prepare my message. So I hadn't looked at the Bible. I hadn't studied. I hadn't prayed. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done anything. And, and I, since I'm not going to do anything, I wasn't about to ask the praise team to practice. And there's no need of the parking guys coming because you're not coming. We're going to have plenty of parking spaces. No need cleaning the bathrooms. But your friend comes who's never been to church and doesn't know Jesus, and they walk into that. Listen, they aren't reading this book, but they just read our actions. And now our actions said, you don't care. We don't care. So I'm tempted to take the day off. That's, that's the unknown consequences when we yield to these desires and these temptations that aren't good. Now, let me stop right there for one moment. I want you guys to understand something about Journey Church, and I say this without any reservations. We will never, ever surrender a Sunday. We will never, ever surrender a Sunday. I've never seen this praise team. We have multiple people that play. I have never seen them surrender a Sunday. They come up here, and you guys know it. They blow it away. We're going to, Matt and I will work on these messages to the best of our abilities. And some of you say, well, I can't tell any difference when you take it off and don't take it off. I, that's okay. I'm still going to put the same amount of effort into it. I'm going to work and try to do the best I can with what God's given me. We're never going to surrender a Sunday because your friend may come. And it may be the one and only chance we ever have to introduce them to Jesus Christ and to the gospel. So that's just a side note. That's not really part of the message. We don't surrender Sundays around here. Even January the 1st, if it's on Sunday, we're not going to surrender. We're going to come in, and we're going to do our best to show people the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. So when you're battling with these temptations and desires, you, you have to at some point decide what the winners are going to be and what the losers are going to be. Here's what I've learned in my life and, and through this book. I wish I could help you guys with this. I can't take the temptations and desires away. I can't do it. I wish I could. I wish I knew some way. I wish there's some formula that I say, you'll never have any more evil temptations or evil desires if you will do this. I can't find that in here. I can't. I'm going to share a story with you. And when I share this story, you're going to go, I don't think this has anything to do with desires and temptations. And in a sense, it doesn't. But in another sense, it has everything to do with temptations. Because I can't give you a formula to take the desires and temptations away. I'm going to give you something that will help you, though. It will help you tremendously. It's something you have to put into action, though. You'll have to take this. You'll have to use it. You'll have to apply it to your life, and you'll have to decide how to do that. But this will give you some freedom over your desires and your temptations, especially the evil ones. If you're, if you're, if you're a church person, you're going to know this story. 
It's in the book of John, and you've probably heard it a hundred times. If you're not a church person, it still applies. It still applies in that you have to decide what you're going to replace those temptations and those desires with. You have a different system than I do. I'm going to replace the things that are not good in my life with Jesus. That's what I'm always going to. That's my default. If you don't have Jesus, then you just got to decide what it is you're going to replace the, the evil desires and the temptations with. But listen to this story. It's in John 4, starting in verse 17. I'm kind of skipping ahead because otherwise it's about 20 different messages. Chapters, uh, verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But everyone who drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to the eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said, just said, is quite true. It's pretty interesting. You're going, what does that have to do with temptations and desires? Real honestly, probably nothing in that direct line. But I want to pull it together. I want to give you a couple of thoughts that I came to when I was, I was kind of working through this. Um, because what we've got to decide is, is how we're going to quench those desires and those, those uh, temptations that are, that, are, that are evil, that are bad for us. Let, let me to, to do that again. I'm telling you, I don't have a magic formula for you, so you just got to bear with me. One of the things I've learned, and this, this scripture kind of speaks to it, about temptations, especially for me, is, is they're never satisfied. Our temptations and desires, we never satisfy them. Our, our evil, we, our worldly, we, we never satisfy Listen, I want more Mounds Bar. I'm not going to, I might, I'm telling you, it's tempting. I want more Mounds Bar. I do. I, and if I eat that one, guess what? And after that one, I can't. I had to go buy another bag because they ate all of them. But but we never satisfy them on, on a worldly stance. We never listen. I want to go faster on my motorcycle. Don't have one now. If I did, I'd want it to go really fast. It'd probably be scary today. I want it to go really fast. I always want more. It's it's something in, in talking to. And listen, this, this woman had she didn't have a husband. Five. That we never satisfy them that way. The, the world will never allow us to satisfy our desires and our temptations. There's a force out there called Satan, I think, don't want us to satisfy it, quite honestly. So we never going to Listen, I've, I've, been around, I've, I've been around addicts, and, and it's interesting to me when I talk to them, and, and one of their sayings is, is one is too many and a thousand's not enough. We're never going to get enough. One's too many, but a thousand's not enough. It won't satisfy my addiction. Listen, I, I want more bounds bars. I want to go faster on my motorcycle. If I'm an alcoholic, I want one more drink. If I'm an addict, I want one more fix. If I'm, a, if I'm addicted to pornography, I can watch one more movie. I just, I'm just going to watch one more, but it will never be enough. You, you can watch it. I've, I've experienced it. I've been around this. I know. I can gossip one more time. I'm going to tell one more story, and then I won't tell another one. I, I, I won't tell. Sure you will. We, we're never satisfied that way. We never satisfied that way. I, I can't 
fix your temptations and your desire. I can't make them go away. But hopefully, hopefully there's something that you can, you can do that will make it easier to get through and easier to deal with. And one of the questions, and this is not the answer. This is something we can use. This is where we can start. But this will not answer. The, it won't fix it, I can tell you this. But something you have to ask yourself when you're dealing with these desires and these temptations that are bad for you or they're evil, you have to ask yourself, is the, is the probable cost, cost worth it? If I do this, is the probable cost worth it? And let me, let me explain that. I could, I, could, I could do this. I can eat these things in moderation. One more is not going to hurt me, right? But I'll bet you this. If my doctor came to me and said, Mark, one more. You eat one more. One more. You're going to die. No debate. No question. You will die. Cost's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'll put it down. Another good example is if, if, I, if, I, if I had the ability to prophesy and I could look at you and say, Robbie, Robbie, if you'll put your seatbelt on today, you're going to live. But if you don't, you will die. Robbie will put his seatbelt on. I guarantee you. Robbie will put his seatbelt on. If, if he knew that I knew for beyond a shadow of a doubt that, hey, then the cost far outweighs not wearing my seatbelt. Here's the problem. Here's why that won't work. Here's why none of that will work is we don't get those absolutes in life. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, I can tell Robbie is Robbie. You're less likely to get seriously hurt if you're in an accident. If you wear your seatbelt, I'm less likely to have a heart attack if I cut these things out. We can get that, but that's not good enough. We don't understand the cumulative. That the more of these eat, the more damage they're going to do to me. The more times I go out and ride around with no seatbelt on, the more chances I have to have an accident and become seriously injured. We don't get that. So that won't fix it. The cost, the cost, <laughs> we, we don't ever buy into that, that I'm going to face the absolute cost. We always think I can do it one more time. One more of these will not hurt me. I mean, look, it's a little candy bar. It will not hurt me. We do the same with sin. I can do it one more time. I, I, we do it as, as, as a, a, addicts. I, I can take one more hit and I'll be fine. I won't do it again. One's not enough. A thousand's, or one's too many and thousand's never enough. It's, it's crazy. It's amazing. So you have to do that. Does the call, and maybe that'll help you. Maybe it will a little bit, but I've met, I've met too many people that struggle with some of these addictions, and they've, they've told me that's never been enough to get them to overcome. They know what the possibilities are, that if they continue to do it, it can lead to death physically or, or a relationship, and I know it's killing my family, but I, I, I can do it one more time. So we, we wrestle with that. Won't, that will not, I promise you, that will not fix your, 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 your addictions. And I'm telling you, we do not understand the cumulative effects of, of what these things do in our lives. They kill our relationship with Christ. They kill relationships with those around us. I've said this before. I wish I was smart enough to have come up with this on my own. But we've always heard the old saying, the straw that broke the camel's back. The straw does not break the camel's back. The load breaks the camel's back. And if you have never heard that, you need to memorize that one. The straw will not break the camel's back. The load breaks the camel's back. And if you keep cumulative, it will break your, guess what? It will break your back. It will cause death. It will break your relationship. It will break your relationship with Christ. It will do great damage. It will. So the question, it really comes down to, I'm telling you, it comes down to, to competition. And I'm, I love competition as much as the next person. Man, do I. It's one of the reasons I don't play competitive ball anymore. I don't look so Christ-like when I start losing. So I don't do it. But, but this comes down to a competition, and the competition is this, between Christ and our bad, evil desires. It, it just does. The evil temptations, it comes down between, between God and the things that we were tempted to do, the desires that we have in our life. It comes down to that. And, and here's where I think I can help you a little bit with, with these desires and these temptations, how to rid yourself of them. Because you're going to have the desires and you're going to have the temptations. You've got to have a mechanism to deal with them. And to, to deal with them, you've got to replace them. 
you've got to replace them, and you replace them with something better. And I love this is where this scripture comes into play. In John, what we just read, John 4, verse 13 and 14 says this, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. You, keep doing, you just keep doing those evil desires and, 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 and the temptations in your life, and you're just going to be thirsty for more. I want more Almond Joy bars. I want to go faster. I want another drink. I want another fix. I want to have an affair i want you i won't i won't i won't you can keep doing that it will never ever quench your thirst everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water i give him will never thirst indeed the water i give him will become in him a spring of water welled up to eternal life the competition is this your evil desires your evil temptations are jesus it's pretty simple pretty simple and, and and so many times in our life here's where we get in trouble i think is is we elevate the wrong one we i can't overcome my temptations i can't overcome my desires i can't do it i can't do it i can't we, we've all said i can't do it i can't do it you don't have to do it you have to turn to jesus maybe we need to start grasping instead of how strong our temptations the magnitude to draw us in maybe we need to start thinking about how strong our savior is how, how big he is how strong he is his love his unending love his unending grace his unending mercy maybe we need to start turning to and grasping that versus yielding to our temptations and our desires it's hard i get that people say but mark you don't understand no i know it's hard i want a mounds and i'm not making light of that my doctors told me i got to quit eating stuff like that and certainly in moderation. I, but it, it, it's real. So I, I can turn to my Savior or I can turn to a, come on, Jesus versus an almond joy? And you're saying, but my, my temptations are much greater. <laughs> so what's your temptations? Because let me tell you what else I've learned. I've never seen a temptation greater than my Savior. <laughs> come on. I mean, he created the universe. He's the, Jesus is the Son of God. I've never seen a temptation. I've never seen a desire bigger than my Savior, Jesus. Never. And you want more? I can't give you more. I haven't done it, but I can't overcome. Then maybe you need to yield to Jesus. Maybe our focus needs to be on Him. Maybe we need to look up to Him and not up to our temptations. Maybe we need to look up to Jesus and down to our temptations. My Savior is bigger than you. My God is greater than you. A or B, I'll take Jesus. I'll take Jesus. Now, please don't get caught up in, in this, please, because I, I understand that's moderation. But, but this is, that could just as easily be, be an illegal drug that could be a drink of alcohol, and some of you can't drink alcohol. My Savior is bigger. It could be a pornography, a, a, a porn movie. My Savior is bigger. It, it, could, be, it could be gossip. It could be uh, envy, greed, you name it. My Savior is bigger. We've just got the perspective wrong. We, we, we've got the scales tipped the wrong way. This is, this is, this is so powerful. Maybe, maybe what we need to do is, is our, we need to desire Christ more than the temptations. Maybe we just need to desire Christ a little more than our temptations. Because that is an unfair playing advantage. Because he is so much bigger. So if, if you're here today, if, if Christ is not a part of your life right now, you have the same decisions. If you have things in your life, the evil desires and temptations that are causing you pain, you've just got to figure out what it is you replace them with. For a follower of Christ, we should be replacing them with Jesus. Not some of the time, but all the time. But if you don't have Christ, then you've got to figure out something else that's more positive to replace them with. I, I hope if that's where you're at, you'll come back. Because I would tell you there's only one replacement, and his name's Jesus. You just don't know it yet. 
And, and we're here to show you lovingly how, how Jesus is a better answer. How, how he gives us hope. How he gives us this, this freedom to overcome. He's a better answer. Always has been, always will be. So if you don't have Christ, then, then hang around, come back. If you're here today and you're a follower of Christ and you're struggling with temptations and these desires that cause you harm, then you need to start looking up. Because I checked, Jesus has already overcome. That happened on the cross. Dead, buried, rose again, overcame the grave. He's already beat the desires and the temptations. We just haven't yielded to him. And, and somebody's going to say, but Mark, I have and I still struggle. No, listen, I've talked to enough, of, enough people and I have friends that are addicts. Listen, and I love what they say. They say, listen, I'm always going to be an addict. I'm always going to be addicted. And I get that. <laughs> try always being addicted to Jesus. Just try being addicted to Jesus. Replace the, the addiction of whatever. You fill in the blank. Replace that with Jesus. You'll still have battles. Listen, and that's what we're here for, man. We, we don't want to shun you. We want to walk with you as you have these battles and these desires. Come speak with Listen, I have, I, we all have them. That's what I said, man. I'm so blessed to have Matt Leonard in my life. I, he and I can walk together. And when I'm tempted to take a Sunday off and, and get upset because this didn't go, I, he'd just look at me and say, Mark, man, what do we do this for? His glory. His glory. So, make a choice. If you're following, make a choice. Is it going to be your addictions or is it going to be your Savior? And it should always, always, always be your Savior. Watch what happens. Let's finish this thing up. So if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, then I would tell you the first temptation, the first desire should be to have that relationship with Jesus. And, and, and we, we kind of believe this, kind of what the book says, is I think there's some core tenets. That, and I'm going to help you today if you're sitting here wrestling. Do you believe this, these things? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Answer is yes. If, if, then let's go to question two. Do you believe he was born of a virgin birth? In my world, the answer is yes. Next question. Do you believe he was falsely accused, dead, uh, crucified, and dead? Then and I believe yes. Here's the key. <laughs> On the third day, he rose from the grave. Yes. Then I believe, Then if you, if you can come to agreement with those things, then you believe Jesus is who he says he is, then you're ready for a relationship with him, that he can be the savior of your life. He is the savior of your life. You may not know it or not. But if you can come to agreement with those questions, then it's time to bow your head. Just bow your head. Father, I am a sinner. I am messed up. Today I yield to you as my Lord and Savior. You won the battle on the cross. It was, it was finished with your son, Jesus. He was dead, buried, and rose again. He overcame the grave. And through him today I am saved. I can overcome, I can, I, can, I can be forgiven for my temptations and my, my evil desires. I can be forgiven for those I have been forgiven, and today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give you control of my life. Man, that's awesome. Now, you got to do it. If you just get emotional, then I think that has no merit. But when we truly believe those things, when we truly believe that he is who he says he is, that he was born of a virgin birth, that he was dead, buried, and rose again, then I think he will take control of your life. I think he'll give us strength. He'll give us inspiration. Satan will still come at us. There will still be evil in the world. Will not go away. But we can overcome through him. So what's the answer in the is it going to be? Is it going to be Christ? Or is it going to be your temptations and your desires? Which are you going to look up to? Which is going to control your life? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you that we can just come together in your name and we can call on you in the moments of our, our temptations and our desires that, that take us further away from you, that we can come to you, that we can call on your holy name, that we can seek you and find you, Father, that you'll give us rest, that you'll give us hope. So we thank you. 
this is hard sometimes. The temptations just keep coming. But so does your hope and your grace and your mercy. So, Father, we thank you. Again, we just pray for your, 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 your mighty hand over each and every one of us. Watch over this body, Father. Sometimes churches are tempted and have desires that take us away from you. I just pray that we always keep our eyes focused on you. That we find our true north, our balance, by watching you, being guided towards you. You are the light. When the darkness comes, we find light through you, Father. So I just pray that, that we always see that light shining, shining through you. So just be with us. If there's people here today struggling with temptations and desires that are not good for them, I just pray that they look for the light, that they seek you. For it's these things we pray in your holy name. Amen.